questions. With your Bible or your device, please join me in the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, the Apostle Paul is writing here to God's holy people in the ancient city of Corinth. Corinth, about 48 miles west of Athens, which you can see on the map, was a large and significant city in the Greek Empire that was conquered by the Romans in time and later became the provincial capital of Greece during the Roman Empire. You can see from the next picture that this was a real city. People lived here, they walked the streets, they participated in everyday life, and what you see here is the ruins of Apollo's temple. And people would have walked the road to this place, and they worshiped, and they gathered right there. The next picture is a reconstruction of Corinth from the Roman period. It was a thriving city. It was a culturally diverse city. It was the hub of Roman paganism. So a lot of gods, a lot of idols were worshipped in this city. And it was also a hotbed for immorality. In this context, as you can imagine, it was very difficult for apprentices of Jesus to stand up and live for Christ. With the people around them, involved in paganism and immorality, thinking and probably even saying, what are you doing, you backwards Jesus followers? Get with it. Get with it. Much like what we experience and feel in our culture today. Just get with it. So the words we will read in just a moment from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 are for us. They were for people a long time ago, but they are also for us as we seek to be rooted in Christ and as people think or even say to us, why do you do that? Why pursue being rooted in Christ? What are you doing? Well, here's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Listen to these words. Now, dear brothers and sisters, and keep in mind, he's writing to real people living in the ancient city of Corinth with all of their issues. So, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. So, Paul is saying here, hey, church, I want to talk to you about the special abilities or the spiritual gifts or the grace gifts that God gives to you. I don't want you to misunderstand this. I want you to be aware. I want you to get it. I want you to get it. And what we find in the verses that follow, and we'll get to those in just a few moments, is Paul trying to understand these special abilities or these grace gifts that God the Holy Spirit gives to believers. Today we come to the seventh talk in the second part of our Rooted in Christ theme, 
And it's all about spiritual gifts or grace gifts. Let me share a big idea, and then we'll go from there. Here's our big idea for today. And I will warn you, this is the longest big idea in the history of big ideas. So it's just a lot of words, but bear with me and and we'll get through it. So here we go. Big idea. God partners with his people to accomplish his purposes on earth. That's what God does. The Holy Spirit gives spiritual gifts to every believer for the purpose of building God's kingdom on earth. We do not all have the same gift. In unity, we work together, celebrating the giftedness of others to accomplish God's purposes. Again, a lot of words there, but I think if you focus on that first sentence that says God partners with his people to accomplish his purposes, everything else we will discover and walk through, I think will make a lot of sense. Now, you may be aware of the spiritual gifts that God the Holy Spirit gives to believers. And perhaps you know where to find these different lists in the New Testament. I'll show that to you in just a moment. But maybe you already know that. And maybe you could even say, you know what, my spiritual gift is, and you can name it. Well, that's great. I hope that you find today's content in our walk through 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to be encouraging and affirming to you as you think about this once again. Maybe you're here and you have heard about spiritual gifts at some point. Perhaps you read a book or you've talked about it with a friend or you've even been here at Valley Point Church and we've talked about the spiritual gifts that God the Holy Spirit gives to believers. But you're not exactly sure that it has real impact in life. You're just not sure. After all, gas is like $9 a gallon and the world is going crazy. So spiritual gifts, you know, I'm not so sure it's actually needed. Well, I hope today that you'll listen and maybe be awakened to what God has done specifically for you and what he wants you to do with the gift or gifts that you have. Or maybe you are thinking, I don't know anything at all about spiritual gifts. This is the very first time that I'm hearing about it. Is this just one of those weird things that Christians believe, and should I just head for the exit now? Okay, I want to encourage you not to do that, okay? Even though it might sound a bit weird, and what does all of this mean? Just stick with us, because you may be intrigued. Again, with what God has done for those who believe. Actually, the spiritual gifts are a beautiful thing. They really are, as we think about this today. Spiritual gifts are a beautiful thing that God gives to believers. And the Apostle Paul states here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, I don't want you to misunderstand them. I want you to know about these gifts. I want you to get it. So let's do that. Let's try to get a little bit deeper into this. Let's go back now to Romans chapter 12. I'll read verse 1 again and the verses that follow that frame this up for us. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities, and the special abilities there is a reference to the gifts that God the Holy Spirit gives to believers. This is what he gives to us. I don't want you to misunderstand this. 
you know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. This term, spiritual gifts, if you like to highlight and underline, I would encourage you to grab that in verse 4 because that term comes from the Greek word charisma, which has the idea of gifts of grace. So we can call spiritual gifts grace gifts. And I actually prefer that over spiritual gifts because there is an indication that this has been given to me by grace and that I give it away as an act of grace to others. So there are different kinds of charisma, different kinds of spiritual gifts or grace gifts. But the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us uniquely. In verses 4, 5, and 6, we find the word same three different times. So there's a variety of gifts, and we don't all have the same gifts, but they are from the same Spirit, the same Lord, and the same God. So there's oneness there, but there's a variety in gifts. In verse 7, this is probably the most important verse that we find here, and I want you to hang on to this verse because it really captures everything. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Right? Like this is really all we need to know about spiritual gifts. You have been given a gift, and it's possible you have more than one spiritual gift, for the purpose of helping other people. That's why we have them. And then what we find in verses 8 and following is one of the spiritual gift lists in Scripture. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have." What we find here is that the Apostle Paul is doing something interesting that is part of ancient rhetoric, and we see it in the structure of the verses here. Writers sometimes would frame an important thought with another point before it and after it as a way to reinforce what was in the middle. And that's what we see in verses 7 and 11. These are reminders or reinforcements that frame up the spiritual gift list in verses 8 through 10. Repetition was valued by ancient learners. They needed that. It was a very effective way for them to grasp what was being taught or what was being written. And so the Apostle Paul is doing something that the ancients 
would have appreciated, and I think it's good for us as well. Here's a reminder, here's a reminder, and here's the list of gifts. They are given to us to be used in service for others. And then we have the conclusion in verse 12. The human body has many parts. Right? We know that to be true. So we get a visual illustration here, all these different gifts, but yet they're one. So the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Okay, here's what I'd like to do. I want to share three thinking points that fall out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and really come out of research and writing on the doctrine of spiritual gifts. So we'll share three thinking points, and then after that, I want to throw some questions at spiritual gifts that hopefully will bring some application to us, and then we'll get to our takeaways, okay? Let's begin with some thinking points. Number one, this is actually a thought from scholar D.A. Carson. He says it this way, each believer is to use whatever gift they have received to serve others, thereby administering God's grace in its various forms. So the purpose of your grace gift, the whole reason you have a spiritual gift, is to serve the person sitting next to you, or the person in front of you, or the person behind you, and when we do that, we are administering God's grace as we use these different gifts within the body of Christ. Thinking point number two, every believer. Okay, just think about this now. Every believer has a grace gift provided by the Holy Spirit. And I love what Scholar Tom Constable says about this, no Christian can claim that he or she has nothing to offer the church. So allow that to fill you a little bit and encourage you. Because I think often we wonder, you know, do I have anything to give? Does God really want to use me? And we see people who are really good at things or really gifted and we understand and we can see how God uses them up in front of others. But what about behind the scenes? What about some of the other spiritual gifts that God gives to people? Do I have anything to offer at all? And I want to confidently stand before you and posit that based on scripture and based on scholarly research, every believer has a spiritual gift which means you cannot say you don't have anything to offer the body of Christ. So I hope that encourages you and fills you a little bit. Thinking point number three, the combination of our gifts serves the body of Christ and the world. And I think it also does this. It creates a sense of interdependence within the church. I need you. And your grace gift. Because I can't do everything. And you need the people around you. And their grace gifts. Because you can't do everything. And as all of these different gifts come together. And we begin serving each other in humility and love. It demonstrates a sense of interdependence. All different people, right? 
We look differently, we act differently, we vote differently, and we don't even always all get along, even here at Valley Point Church. But yet, when we serve within our giftedness, and when we do that in humility, there is interdependence on each other. All of these different people and all of these different gifts coming together. And this is how I think God demonstrates to the world light and hope in Jesus through the church through a diverse body coming together and serving each other with the gifts that they have. So the combination of our gifts, it serves the body of Christ, but it also is this demonstration of interdependence that is a great light for the world to see. A great example. Okay, let's take a break from some of the content stuff and just throw some questions at spiritual gifts. Like, what are the gifts? What are they? If I have a spiritual gift, I want to know what it is. I need to know the name, and I need to know how to function within this. You're probably thinking that. So if you look on the screens, you will see a table that lists the primary passages in the New Testament and their descriptions of spiritual or grace gifts. We already read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and there is a list there. Verse 28 in the same chapter comes back with another list, some same things, but some other things as well. And then we have a list in Romans chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4, and 1 Peter chapter 4. While you are looking at the table and trying to determine, I wonder what my gift could potentially be, What's my grace gift and how do I use this? I just want to say that different churches and faith traditions believe different things about these lists of gifts that you see. I believe some of the gifts that are listed here on the screen that come from Scripture were areas of service given to the early church, given during the apostolic era, that gave them a great deal of credibility as they were seeking to establish the church in very hostile territory. But not all of these gifts are needed or necessary or even functioning today. That's a different talk and a different conversation. This is what we see in Scripture in terms of the different gifts listed. And so I share that with you. And I think it's also important to note that these lists are probably not exhaustive. There's probably more things that could be added to this. But this is what we see described in Scripture, so it gives us a great starting point. That's question number one. What, what are the grace gifts? Well, that's the list, and you can keep thinking about that in the days to come. Question number two. How can I discover my gift or gifts? Like, how do I know what I have? I mean, I might be able to identify it on a screen or it might jump out of Scripture into my heart and like, that's me, that's how I function, that's what I do. But a lot of people may wonder, you know, how do I figure this out in life? What is my gift? Well, we live in an era of assessments, don't we? And honestly, I love assessments. Like when I see the things online, like, oh, I got to take that. I need to know about me and about others. And from the Enneagram to Myers-Briggs to Strengths Finders, I, I love assessments because they help us find ourselves. 
And uh, I want to share a couple of assessments that I found as I was doing research for this. I looked online, and, and here are a couple that you may want to take. I found an assessment that will help you determine what your politics really are. Oh, my. So in case you were wondering, like, am I this way or that way? There's an assessment you can take, and I would encourage you to take it. And then be sure to share the results with other people because that, no doubt, will create wonderful conversations. So that's one assessment. Here's a second one I found. How you do as a suspect in a police procedural drama. Now, that one was really intriguing to me. I wanted to click on it, but it occurred to me, I was doing this research from home on that day, that as soon as I click on this, a SWAT team will probably burst through the front door and I'll be gone forever. So I didn't do that, but if you want to know how you would do in a police procedural drama, then there's an assessment for that. We love assessments. We love them. So the question is, is there an assessment that will help me identify and know my spiritual gift? Is there an assessment? There has to be some test, right? Well, there are assessments, and there are tests, but think about this. They didn't have such instruments or such tests or anything to take during the Apostle Paul's day or during the Apostle Peter's day or when the new church was being formed in the book of Acts. There were no assessments. There were no tests. And it seems like people discovered and used their gifts just fine. They managed to find their way. Now, this is going to seem rather simple and unsophisticated. Okay? So I'm going to put that out there first. But here's what I would share with you. I think the best way that we can discover our spiritual gift or our grace gift that God has given to each and every believer is just to start doing things within the body of Christ. Just start serving the people around you and in serving others in humble and loving ways. I believe you will be functioning within your area of giftedness and the body of Christ then can come alongside you and affirm that and encourage you and say, yes, that's it. You're doing it because you have encouraged me or fed me or challenged me in some way. And so I think the best thing we can do is to skip assessments and just start doing stuff. Just become active in the body and loving and serving others. And in that time frame, I believe we will find our area of giftedness. Now, I did some research on spiritual gift tests because I was intrigued. Like, when did these things actually begin? that you can take an assessment. Where, where does all of this come from? Because again, you don't see the early church doing that. So Gary McIntosh is a scholar at Viola University, and, and here's what he says about this. The doctrine of spiritual gifts, as we think of it today, is of relatively recent interest. Historically, while the Bible contains doctrines, they were not handed to the church in a systematic form. Rather, over its 2,000-plus years of history, the church progressively discovered and developed doctrines. While Christians have practiced spiritual gifts from the beginning of the apostolic era, there was not much written about them during the first 600 years of church history. Biblical teaching from those early church years shows that the existence of spiritual gifts was recognized 
However, the statements made about them in that period are brief. And the reason I believe there is little or no mention of spiritual gift tests in the first 600 years of church history is because people were just doing things within the body of Christ and they were affirming in each other through activity and through talking and through listening, here is your spiritual gift and I want to affirm that in you. They just were doing things. And in doing that, they were functioning within their giftedness. McIntosh further described that the 20th century was a dynamic time for the development of the doctrine of spiritual gifts. A lot of research during the 20th century happened, and from that time frame came more literature and inventories and assessments about spiritual gifts. So I don't think we really have to worry about what is my gift. I don't think we necessarily have to identify it. If we just start serving the church, it will become real to us. Still, let's acknowledge the tension. We like to know what the gift is. Like, what's mine? I need to know because it will help me. Well, here's a recommendation. Talk to somebody close to you. Somebody that loves you and knows you and has observed you serving within the body of Christ. Talk to them or your spouse. They might say, well, I can tell you what your gift isn't. <laughs> Not on the list, but, you know, talk to your spouse. I think they'll encourage you as well. Or talk to somebody that loves you and has observed this in you and have them give some feedback on your spiritual gift may be this. Perhaps it's administration. For those who are gifted in that area, that's a spiritual gift. That's a grace gift. Perhaps it's teaching. Perhaps it's hospitality and using your resources, your home, your ability to gather people around a table and love them and serve them. Perhaps it's the gift of serving behind the scenes. Perhaps it's the gift of mercy. Perhaps it's the gift of generosity and giving to others and practicing that. There are all kinds of grace gifts. Again, what we see in these inventories is probably not exhaustive. Talk to somebody close to you. They will probably be able to help you identify that spiritual gift. But here's the deal. I don't think it's critical to be able to name your gift. I don't think you have to name it. So if you're hearing all this for the first time and you're a little stressed, like, I don't know what my spiritual gift is and I have to know, just relax on that and don't be stressed about it. Just start serving the church. And in doing that, you will find your spiritual gift in time because the body will affirm that for you. So I don't think it's essential to be able to name our gift. Just do stuff, okay? Question number three. Are grace gifts different from the fruit of the Spirit listed in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23? The short answer is yes, they are different. All Christians, all followers of Jesus, are to manifest the fruit of the Spirit as described here. Everybody is responsible to grow in, here's the list, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We all should be acting that way, imperfectly, of course, but we should be growing in that. The gifts of the Spirit vary from believer to believer. While we all should be demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit, we're not all going to have the same grace, gift, and it varies from one person to the next. So there is a difference there. 
Question number four. It sounds like our baptism people are excited. <laughs> Question number four. Are grace gifts the same as talents? Like the natural abilities I have. And the answer is no, they are not the same as talents. Grace gifts are spiritual abilities delivered by the Holy Spirit to believers. All people, think about this for a moment, all people have talents based on the common grace and love of God. Even people who don't care about God or would say they hate God. They have abilities and talents. That's common grace. Spiritual gifts are different. They are given to believers for the purpose of serving the church and being a bright light to the world. They have a different purpose than natural talents. Although a lot of our natural talents do speak into our grace gifts. Okay, let's apply this now. I have two takeaways that you see in print, and then I came up with two more after we printed the talk notes, so you'll have to write in the open space the two extra ones that I will give to you. But here's the ones that you have. Number one, if you have trusted in Jesus, you have gifts provided to you by God the Holy Spirit. You are needed. Be encouraged. And again, maybe you've never considered this. Just know, you are needed for this church to be able to function the way God wants it to function. You are needed. I need your gift. And the people around you need your gifts as well. They are absolutely essential. So you are needed. Let that kind of fall into you and encourage you today. You are needed, so please be encouraged. Takeaway number two. Flourish within your faith community by serving the body. Just flourish within this body, and I would encourage you, as you see volunteer opportunities arise, or as you see things that you can do here at Valley Point Church, and maybe it's something that you invent and create, go for it, because this is how we flourish within the body. So chase those things and serve the body of Christ, and in doing that, you're going to be serving within your giftedness, and you'll make God happy, and you'll be a bright light to the world as well. And then an extra takeaway, number three, read the passages that are provided for you in the Monday through Friday reading plan. They do contain the different lists of spiritual gifts, so you can read through that. I would encourage you to slow read. Don't rush through it. Slow read and clear some space and your mind and open your heart to what you read in the lists there. And ask God the Holy Spirit to just help something maybe jump off the page to you about your grace gift and how you can use that to serve the body of Christ. So take advantage of the Monday through Friday reading plan. Read through that and have good discussions with people about your giftedness. And that leads us to the final takeaway, and that is ask a friend. Ask somebody close to you and have a good conversation and listen to them. Right? Because they may say something that, you've never thought of before, and we love to over-talk people all of the time. Ask and then listen and take that in and consider it and maybe take it back to the passages and read and just ask God to do something really special and unique in your heart as we practice our grace gifts, all of which, when we do this and we add practicing our grace gift to worship and 
prayer and Bible study and single-mindedness and surrender and biblical community, all these different practices that we've been adding to the list. We're now adding spiritual gifts to this. As we do that, well, guess what happens? We become rooted in Christ. Father, we thank you for today and for the opportunity we have just to look at this great paragraph in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There's other lists of spiritual gifts. God, we're thankful for them and for this description that when we believe, the Holy Spirit gives us a gift or gifts. And the purpose of that gift is to serve the people around us, to serve the body of Christ. So we're grateful for today and the opportunity to, to try to understand this. That's what the Apostle Paul wanted for the church in Corinth. He wanted them to get it, to just know God has done something for us. And we want to get it as well. We want to understand it, even though it's kind of a unique thing and we don't often consider this. God, I, I just pray that you would help us to really think about this during the week, to read these different passages, to talk to people, to listen, to allow the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives about our giftedness. And God, above all, would you help us not to stress or worry about what the gift is? Just grow in us a passion and a desire to, to serve the body in any way that we can, even if it seems like a small thing. God, help us to step into that because that grace gift is needed and it will help and build the body of Christ. So God, help us to have just a, a wonderful week as a church family thinking about being rooted in Jesus as we practice using our grace gifts to build the body, which will help Valley Point be a bright light in all of our surrounding communities. So bless us and encourage us as we pursue this throughout the week. We do pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.